0: There was kind of this stirring that, like, maybe the transformation was supposed to be deeper, something that was supposed to last a little bit.
1: Welcome to Gleanings, where we explore holistic approaches to reaching your true potential, mind, body, and soul. Greetings, gutsy gals. In prior episodes, we've touched on the concept that thoughts are not always reality. Today, I had the pleasure of interviewing Alicia Carlson, who is a life coach who focuses on faith-fueled food freedom. She inspires us to embrace the notion that maybe you're exactly where you're supposed to be to release our expectations. Alicia also reminds us that your thoughts create your reality. So together, we see that we must mold positive, goal-driven thoughts to aim towards our North Star.
0: Hello, Alicia. How are you today? Hi, Tara. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. Definitely. So we're here
1: to talk about life coaching today and your version of it. So would you like to talk to us about how you got involved with life coaching initially?
0: Yeah. um, So it's actually so funny that I get a chance to kind of share this story because I was really kind of thinking about the journey to how I became a coach. And it started for me about 10 years ago or 12 years ago, even Um, at the time I was working as a hairstylist and I absolutely loved doing that work. Um, ever since I was gosh, probably middle school or high school, I really just had this, um, interest in like the beauty industry, the hair, the fashion, the makeup, all of this. And I think when I think about it, what really it was about for me was, um, well, I wanted to feel beautiful in my own skin and in my own body. And of course, like as a girl, a young impressionable girl, I thought that it was, you know, by the looks like, so how my hair was, how my makeup was, the clothes that I wore, the body that I had. And I think that that really kind of set me out on this journey of like trying to find that holy grail or, you know, that perfect recipe so that, you know, I could be loved or I could be, you know, just as beautiful as these women on the magazines and um, really buying into like society's idea of what I needed to look like. And that um, I think kind of continued on into the desire to be a hairstylist. um, But really that desire then was to help other women feel beautiful and other women feel confident. And so I've worked um, actually as a hairstylist for about 10 years, and there was some kind of changing, I think that was happening inside my own heart and definitely like with my own personal journey um, through like fitness, I would say that was kind of like the gateway (laughs) (laughs) into it for me. Um, And it was really through fitness that I think in the moment I thought that it was like the results that I was getting. Right. So it was like, oh, oh, I'm finally like seeing these changes in my body. And so that's the thing that's making me feel confident or that's the thing that's, um, you know, making me feel better about myself. But as I reflected on it more just recently, I think it really was like, The lessons that I had to go through, you know, like as I'm like figuring out how to run when I would have never identified myself as a runner, but just like the persistence and the grit and the determination. And I'd had such a pattern of like starting things and then giving up and quitting and kind of just being like, oh, well, I guess that's just like, it's just a sign that that's not for me or that's just not, you know, like that's for somebody else, but not for me. And so I had this habit or this pattern of, starting and stopping and giving up on myself continually. And I was just learning so many lessons, you know, kind of through, like I said, fitness was sort of like my Avenue. And well, I think we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, But it was like slowly over time, I can kind of trace back and see like this changing that was happening in my own life and my own heart and really how I was being called to, I think help women kind of transform and feel beautiful and feel confident in a different way. And nothing against like hairdressing or the, the makeup or the clothes, like I still love all of that stuff. But for me, there was kind of the stirring that, like maybe the transformation was supposed to be deeper, something that was supposed to last a little bit longer.
1: That makes sense. Sometimes we kind of start in one direction and then it kind of veers a different way for us. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So what type of coaching do you do currently? Yeah. So I do, I mean, I firmly believe we're all kind of interconnected and we can't really coach in like one specific area without also kind of touching on or also impacting and affecting the other areas. Um, But primarily speaking, I do uh, like health coaching. So I coach around fitness, nutrition, um, but from a non-diet perspective and within that, there's a lot of like healing that happens in terms of like my client's relationships with their bodies and kind of how they view themselves, um, their relationship with food. So really like helping them kind of heal from oftentimes a pretty abusive food relationship, right? So either they're using food in ways that are very, um, I don't know if damaging is the right word, but just in ways that aren't very healthy, right? It's not promoting the life or the vitality or any of that stuff that they're wanting. And so it's kind of helping them understand, you know, why are you making the choices that you are in these different areas? And then how do we start to make some choices that really support your health and your well-being in all areas? Um, And from a place of like compassion, because I think oftentimes when we have those Um, negative interactions with food or weight or exercise or something like that, there is, you know, deeper kind of underlying hurt and pain that sort of is driving those behaviors. And
1: where do you typically find that those um, roots come from?
0: Is that from childhood or society? I would say all of it. I mean, all of that has plays a part, right? So for I think specifically in this area, it is like our family of origins or like whoever, you know, we really saw as like being the influencer, influential people in our life. So it could be moms, could be grandmas, could be sisters, could be, you know, aunts, um, whoever those women are, but also like the male influences, right? So like, how did you grow up seeing Um, Your dad or your grandpa talk about women or talk to the women in your life or talk to you even right so there definitely is kind of that family of origin um, influence there, but then of course society plays a huge role in terms of like media uh, magazines TV. I feel like, you know, when we were younger, we had it maybe a little bit easier in the sense that like it was just magazines, it was just celebrities, just TV. Yeah. But now, you know, one of the things that is both, I think, kind of a blessing and a curse is social media in the sense that everybody now can have a platform and you're able to literally compare yourself with anybody that you can access their profile. Um, so I think, you know it really does kind of come from all these different areas. And so really kind of evaluating, like who were the key relationships in my life that I would say I tried to model myself after or that were super influential. Um, And then, you know, was I somebody that was super influenced by the media and, um, you know, by society's standards? It's
1: interesting how we can kind of latch on to those little phrases that are said to us. Like I can remember things like, are you sure you want another healthy helping of that? Or, you know, maybe you should wait off on eating more. And it's just interesting how we kind of connect that to ourselves and um, hear that play over and over throughout the years.
0: And then the, you know, the, the other interesting thing. So as you're saying that, yes, like definitely those like little comments that seem Maybe har- you know, harmless enough. So we have that maybe on the one hand, and then on the other hand, it's like we'll clean your plate. Like money doesn't grow on trees, yeah. and so we're kind of being fed these like yes. um,
1: very contradicting. Yes, very yes or statements. Yes. Yeah, like
0: oh, maybe you shouldn't have a second helping, but then if you don't eat your whole your whole plate, it's like well, don't be wasteful. You know, da, da 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 da, and so yeah, it can be. Quite messy. (laughs) And then I think also, too,
1: um, at least in my childhood, it seemed like food was kind of a reward. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was kind of the answer to many things, right? So, oh, you got good grades. Let's go out for ice cream. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're having a rough time. Let's go out for ice cream, you know? So it's interesting. And I was been reading that book. Um, when food is love, I don't know if you've heard of that one.
0: I haven't heard of that. Oh, no, it's yet. really
1: good though. It talks about a lot of these roots of where our beliefs about food come from and how we substitute that for love or another, you know, function in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does your non-diet approach mean?
0: Yeah. So it really, um, this is something that's kind of been developing, I would say really over the past couple of years, but again, like it's really has been something that's been in the works for, you know, the last decade or so. Um, I think initially, you know, when I started the non-diet coaching, it was kind of like, um, you know, like, well, weight loss just shouldn't even be a goal. Let's just not even talk about that. Let's just whatever, Um, but I feel like the more that I've kind of done the research on, you know, when I say both sides, it's like mainstream health and fitness coaching, which is very much kind of rooted in diet culture, diet mentality, that, that kind of fear-based thinking. And I started to do more research even along the, um, lines of kind of the anti-diet space, I feel like if we're not careful, there can be some like judgment or body shaming that happens kind of on both ends. And so for me, I feel like as a coach, like it, it's not my place to tell you what goals you should or shouldn't have. It's to help you kind of figure out, okay, well, what, what are the goals that you're wanting to set? Why do you want to set those goals? And do you like the reasons for setting those goals? Okay. And so for me, that's really has been kind of where it's like, so. I would say now, like if a client comes to me and they wanna coach on weight loss, okay, great. Like let's explore that some more and see, but it still is very much from this non-diet perspective. So we're not gonna do anything that you couldn't commit to doing for the rest of your life, right? So I'm not gonna tell you what you can and can't eat. We're gonna work together to help you kind of figure out like what's the quote unquote right combination and quote unquote right amount of food that your body needs right now to support your health, to support your wellness, um, and to support your goals long-term sustainably, not, okay, I think I can cut out carbs and <laughs> pasta and sugar. I don't want to do that forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. So I'm going to be keto this week, but maybe not next week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what do you think differentiates your coaching style or mindset from other types of coaching?
0: What differentiates my coaching style from others? Hmm. I think... I think the big, a big component of it is really taking kind of a collaborative approach with my clients. So it's, it really is kind of getting to know them, uh, getting to know the root causes of things. So we do explore a lot of like past experiences or like, what was it like growing up for you? um, Those kinds of things, because I do think that a lot of that plays heavy into it. Um, But then also not just coaching on the action items. I think that a lot of people, they think like, well, if I just had a plan or if I just had somebody tell me what to do, I would do it. But you can Google any and every plan under the sun and get it absolutely for free. But there's a reason that the plan doesn't end up working long-term. And so, yes, we need to have the action. Yes, we need to have the plan, but we also need to be doing kind of the mindset work on helping you kind of understand like, how is it that your current way of thinking about food or about exercise or about weight or weight loss or weight gain or about yourself, how are those, all of those thoughts being your current results that you have in those specific areas? And then how do we kind of start to also essentially like rewire the brain to support some new thoughts, right? Cause we can't just have the new actions on top of the old thinking. So that's like the foundation of it. So we have to also like, great, let's work on the actions. Let's work on the plan. Let's work on, you know, all of these things. But we have to also kind of be remodeling and um, laying a new foundation as well, which is what happens in the mindset. I love that.
1: So how has 2020 shifted what you've been
0: doing? (laughs) Uh, from a business model, it really didn't shift anything. Um, I, I was coaching virtually before COVID. So I was kind of already on the zoom game (laughs) already doing that. I would say the biggest shift, uh, 2020 really kind of provided, which we're still sort of, um, in some of that residual effect now is really just more with the kids. Um, and the schooling and kind of navigating, you know, client work and coaching, um, doing my podcast and homeschooling and, you know, those kinds of things. So I would say that was probably the biggest shift that 2020, um, presented the opportunity for for my business. Maybe a little bit, another layer to juggle. <laughs> yeah. Just another hat to put on. <laughs>
1: um, so I was going to comment. I noticed your awesome mic in a situation going on there. So you have a podcast. I do have a podcast. Yes. It's called the
0: Stronger way. Awesome. And what does that focus on? Um, so it's really is centered around like helping my clients create the food freedom. So like breaking up with kind of the diet mentality, the old diet rules, um, really kind of just anything that is sort of that diet focus right around food, um, fitness. So we do talk about some things around fitness. Again, I'm a huge proponent for really helping my clients find the thing that works for them, something that they enjoy doing. And that really kind of fits seamlessly into the rest of their life. So that's kind of the approach on the fitness front. And then we talk about life and lifestyle transformation. So it could be mindset stuff. Um, Could be like habits and different things like that. I'll occasionally have different guests on. Um, We just did an episode, like all about gut health and just the importance that that second brain really does play, just the important role that that plays our digestive tract um, into our overall energy and health and things like that. Um, So, really trying to bring kind of this holistic approach to well being, but all through a non diet. Uh, perspective.
1: Excellent. Yeah. So what do you feel is the
0: best advice you've ever received? Oh, gosh. Uh, I I feel like the first thing that really just kind of is coming to mind right now, which is so funny to think about this, but I remember being pregnant with our first daughter, And you're getting like all this advice from everybody, right? Like everybody's telling you their stories. And I was in labor for 50 hours and had to crawl (laughs) to the hospital or like whatever the worst story. Yeah. So you're getting all of the, you know, all of the stories about what their labor experience was like. Um, And so for me, it really was like, I started to kind of paint all of these pictures in my head of like, oh my gosh, well, I just don't even know, you know, what's this even gonna be about or gonna be like. And I had a client, so at the time I was still doing hair and she just kind of told me like, you just have to let all of that go. You just have to let all of those expectations go. Let, you know, if I'm thinking I'm gonna walk in there and be done in like four hours, let that go, but also let the expectation of it's gonna take a really long time. It's gonna be super hard, super painful just kind of let that go. And that was so helpful for me, not only during that time when I was like full of anticipation and now anxiety, because I had heard so many different stories, but I think even now, like in the context of just life in general, and like, when I think about life coaching, right. Or when I think about, you know, the work that I'm doing, So oftentimes, we kind of create these special little prisons for ourselves, trying to live up to other people's expectations, or expectations that probably we've even placed on ourselves, like I should be further along, or I shouldn't be struggling with this anymore, or I should be over this by now. And I just want to invite the opportunity to even consider that maybe you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. And maybe it's just like releasing some of that expectation, releasing some of that pressure from yourself is what's actually going to allow you to really like thrive and flourish and grow regardless of like what it is that you're walking through right now or what it is that you've just come out of, whatever that storm is that you've just come out of. Mm, That's
1: beautiful. I can think of um, the my own coach that I've gone to, and thinking of I I've say those shoulds. I I should be farther along. I should be healed by now. It's been a few years. Everything should be great, and it's so true. Like you're you're right where you need to be, and mm-hmm. you know it takes time, and you have to just move on from there and use those tools that you're acquiring as you go. That's so true. So what would you consider, I'm kind of going to give you two and maybe you're going to flow these together, but what would you consider a successful coaching session? And what is your favorite technique or process? Those two might blend.
0: Hmm. So I think, um, a successful coaching session could look different sort of depending on the client and where they're at But I think for me, like the biggest thing is, you know, did the client feel supported? Did they feel heard? Did it feel like kind of a safe space that they could come and just sort of like let the mess out, um, you know, without feeling judged? So I think from like a coaching perspective, just really being able to hold that kind of space for my clients. Um, and a lot of that really has to do with like me kind of cleaning my, uh, mental mess up kind of before we get on the call and really just making sure that I'm, you know, ready and prepared because a lot of times like this, some of this stuff can be very touchy, very deep, very hard. Um, and then I think, you know, I would also say that a successful coaching session really looks like the client showing up to get what they came for. So, you know, was the client engaged? Was the client, um, you know, were they showing up committed and kind of ready to take responsibility and do the work? Um, And then, you know, like, are they getting like the little micro transformations on every single call whether that's like a huge mindset shift where it's like, oh my gosh, like, I just feel like all of a sudden this thing, you know, this thing that I've been struggling with just kind of clicked or, know it could be like a big monumental transformation that happens um which of course we know that's actually gradually over time or you know is it just like giving them something challenging to think about that maybe they have never um had the courage to kind of question or to sit with on their own so i'd say that those would be kind of some successful or markers of a successful coaching session Um, And then the second question was, what's my favorite technique or process to use in coaching? So I am a big fan of, well, share two things that I use frequently. So one of the tools that I really like to use, it's uh, called the model, which is um, put out by the life coaching school. And that really is just like a very clean way to look at kind of your circumstances without the story. So the, the model is essentially like, let's take the circumstance, like what it is, like what are the facts of what happened or what that somebody said or something like that. Um, what, you know, what is your initial thought kind of about that sp- specific circumstance when you think that way like what are the feelings that kind of start to come up right so we're kind of getting like all of the different senses involved right so it's like the thinking it's the emotional aspect um you know what's the action that you tend to take right so it's like um let's say for example you have a really stressful day of work and you got yelled out at, at your boss all day you felt behind and kind of this go-to coping mechanism for you is to just like raid the cupboard, right? Or maybe it's to like open a bottle of wine and just drink the whole bottle of wine that night. Um, that would be kind of an action, right? It's like raiding the cupboard or drinking the wine. Um, what's kind of the circumstances maybe like, what exactly did your boss say to you? Or what exactly you know, were the things that happened? Let's just get the facts out, not colored by your emotions, your thoughts, the story that you've kind of created around it. <laughs> right. And then we can start to kind of look at that very clean, um, which that really is helpful because it takes a lot of the emotional charge out of it. And it allows my clients to really see, I think, from a more objective place rather than, you know, my boss is a total jerk and this was justified. And I'm blaming, you know, now I'm blaming my boss or I'm blaming a circumstance for the action that I took rather than if I see like, oh, wait a minute, like I chose to think about this in this way. (laughs) And when I have this thought, I feel this feeling and I've, I've learned that, you know, eating something or drinking something temporarily makes me feel better, even if it has like a long-term negative consequence. So I'd say that was, that's one tool that I really like, um, or a method that I use And then another one is really kind of this like future or like forward thinking. So really like, if you could write up any future that you wanted for yourself, you know, like how would you look in the future? How would you be, how would you engage with, you know, your spouse or your kids? What's the work that you would be doing? So really just like painting this picture of possibility for my clients um, with their own dreams, their own desires and things like that. And then it's kind of like, walking them backwards through that, like, you know, okay, well, what does that look like? Because so often we think that once we reach the goal, that's when we kind of magically turn into this person that we envision would be living that life. It's like, Um, I was this way and Tuesday, I'm magically beautifully fixed. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, you know, the reality is, is that that transformation, that change is something that's happening gradually day in and day out. But if we don't have a clear roadmap, if we don't have kind of that North star of like where you wanna be or like who you envision you want to become, then we don't ever know if we're on the right track. We don't ever know if we're hitting the mark or if we're missing it. So really like let's get super detailed, super clear. Like I spend a lot of time with my clients initially like fleshing this out so that for the time that we're working together, we have a very like detailed picture a roadmap, if you will, of what we're working towards hitting. And that's not to say that it might not change or morph along the way, but we have to kind of start with the end in mind. And then we kind of backwards plan of like, you know, what are some things that she might do today? How do you imagine she would feel about her body? How do you imagine she would feel when she's with her husband or when she's with her kids? How do we start to kind of cultivate those same kind of um, emotions and feelings? and Again, like if I, if I believe and I teach that your thoughts create your results, then we know that it, it starts with the thinking. The work that I am super passionate about is like plugging my clients into the right kind of, you know, workout for them, um, helping them sort of facilitate that and then being kind of a sounding board. Like if somebody goes and buys, you know, a program, but they don't have access to a fitness coach, Just knowing that you have access to me, I have over 13 years experience in the fitness industry. Um, I'm happy to be like, okay, yeah, shoot me a video. Let me see your form. I'll kind of give you some pointers and some things like that. Um, But I really feel, I think, more passionate about like, you know, let's do the mindset work that's there. At least that's what, you know, clients are coming to me for in that regard. Okay. Okay. So other than your podcast, where else can we find you? I am on Facebook and Instagram primarily, and I will be sure to send you um, the links with all of that over. Perfect.
1: Awesome. And do you have any affirmations or mantras that you would like to leave with us?
0: Oh my gosh, I feel like they kind of change. Um, So I, I mean, I tend to like, if I, if I'm thinking about you know, like a thought that I'm like kind of repeating over and over again, I think the biggest thing is to make sure that it's something that I feel super connected to. So um, it kind of changes like in the moment uh, based on like whatever, like I don't, I don't want to just like, I'm not just going to recite things without (laughs) like actually like feeling like, oh yeah, I'm grounded to this or this connects or this really resonates and kind of inspires me to take, you know, like a, a different action than maybe I would, um, rather than, I think sometimes the fake it till you make it, you know, where it's like, okay, if I just believe hard enough, then maybe it'll work. Um, so with that being said, I think, you know, something to kind of just always think about is like the process. So whatever process you're in right now, um, is it's always working is kind of a good one for me to think about because I think sometimes when we don't maybe see the results right away, um, it can be really frustrating, you know, or for we feel like, gosh, like I should be further along. It's like, you know what, as long as I'm in process, I can trust like it's always working. Um, and then I think this was something that we had kind of touched on briefly earlier, but just the idea of like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now is such a good reminder of when you know, we maybe want to panic or get anxious and think, oh, I should be further ahead, or we're comparing ourselves to ourselves, or we're comparing ourselves to somebody else. It's like, nope, like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be in this moment. Um, and then another one that might also be kind of helpful, which is sort of fun, but it's like even just asking yourself, like if you feel like something, um, is kind of an obstacle or it's something that's kind of keeping you from it is just getting super curious and asking like, well, like what if this isn't actually a problem? Hmm. That's a good one. Like, what if this isn't actually like that big of a deal? Because that immediately kind of um, disarms us, right? We're not, now we're not all of a sudden like trying to fight this belief or trying to fight this thing, you know, this obstacle, but it's like, huh, like what if this is actually just not even a problem? Then it kind of, it's like, oh, okay. I can breathe. I can relax. I can maybe like take a step back and then I can come back and see it with fresh eyes.
1: That's a really good one. I like that one.
0: Well, I appreciate you joining us today.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Tara, for having me. And I'll share all of your links and information in the show notes. Perfect. Thank you so much. Excellent. I hope you have a great evening.
0: Yes, you too. Okay, thank you.